Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Starfleet Universe On Call. I am Paul France, owner of France Games. I'm an SFB Online, Fed, Come Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just my now, it's always better to talk. Guess every Thursday starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone to style 605-562-0444. Just follow the directions. Call ID 17702. Or you can participate on the web. Just go to the Walk Talks website at www.talkshoe.com. Check for call ID 17702 or SFU on call or Starfleet Universe on call, and you'll find us there. But if you want the best experience when it comes to being online, that would be twitch.tv. Yes, I said twitch.tv. Go, just go to twitch.tv slash SFU on call, and you will find us there. You'll be able to join the chat room and join the wonderful chat and be part of the whole community. So please join us there uh, if you need to contact me for any reason my email address is sfu on call at gmail.com it's s-f-u-o-n-c-a-l-l at gmail.com also if you want to follow me on to the twitters by well it still exists you can follow me on sfu on call there also if you want to you can follow me my personal account which is paul franz p-a-o-l-f-r-a-n-z there is no t um, and of course, if you want to follow my business account, which is Franz Games, that's F R A N Z G A M E S. Again, no T. And you can follow me there and just find out what's going on with the, with Star for the Universe on call, and also, of course, some FedCom online and uh, Star for the Warlord. And if you, of course, it's lovely talk cast gets to the podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds around the net. Um, just some quick news from adb this week which is the actually there is no news that's been all quiet there and i don't think steve has posted anything when it comes to the blog but found on, as the ongoing series of found in the online store is the fna jumbo aux 80 counter pack it's only 80 counter so it's not a lot but you know, of course just if you want to Buy multiple copies and, and you know just add add them up, you know, um, and those it's only for three dollars for eighty counters, and these are the heavy and jumbo ships for the Fed Federation, the Klingons, the Romulans, the Zinnies, the Lyrans, the Hydras, ISE, Gorns, LDR, and of course the generics. So and. Just a reminder, of course, ADB has a lot, lots of free stuff on their website. Just go to starfreakgames.com. I would just go right into the Master Index, and you'll find it there, and you'll find all kinds of wonderful, wonderful things that you can purchase. Also available on the e-tailers, there is an um, introduction on the Starfleet Universe Prime Directive and role-playing there, which is, of course, kind of Star Trek, you know, but, but this is in the old Star Trek themes, though it is in the Starfleet universe, so there are some things that are not in the original Star Trek that are part of 
you know, the Starfleet universe of ADV. Um, and you can find that, you know, definitely over in Warehouse 23. Actually, I have a link here, but um, you don't want it because of, I'm sure it does not work anymore because uh, of the new shop that Warehouse 23 now uses. But I'm sure they also have it in drive through RPG and also War Game Vault. Moving onward and forward to come to the SFB Online Tournament, the Sapphire Star 14 Tournament is started. At least the, the, it's now open up for accepting signups. The signups, we've got 13 already. There's only three, three slots left. So sign up before they run out, in which case you will be on the back burner. You know, you might be able, if someone drops out, you can might be able to pick up where, you know, their slot. But other than that, I would, I would say, um, you know, after the three slots are left, I mean, are filled up, nothing, you ain't got nothing. Moving on and forward, there's nothing happening on the online client um, these days. It's been kind of quiet. Um, I know what I want to work on, but I have to find the time to actually sit down and um, do it when it comes to library port. There's not nothing happening there, though. I, there's multiple um, CCD, CCDs. SSDs that I need to work on um, updating onto the SFB um, library. And of course, the, there's the gunboats, which I still haven't gotten to, and I apologize for that. And with that, that is the news for this week. And it's me, this is one of the welcoming you to start from the universe on call. And tonight, well, we have Doug. How you doing, Doug? Hi. I'm here. That, that's good Yay. to hear. <laughs> and yeah. we have Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? Good evening. Good Just evening. <laughs> Whoop. And turned off my volume on my iPad, which I use for my monitor. Yeah, sorry about that. That's fine. Everything is rock and rolling. Um, the topic for this evening actually is kind of continuing forward on the topic from last last week, which was we discussed Seltorian and a terminal cruiser and the possibility of improving it to so so it's more of a viable ship. We're gonna move on to the the Romulan um, tournament King Eagle. Which is an interesting ship by itself. It has been improved over the years um, to make it more viable, more has a better chance of at least winning a game, if not as much winning a tournament. Because obviously, like any other um, ship, in this case, plasma ship, um, if you have a, a lot of ships that can go can fight well against plasma ships then it's probably like i do it's not going to do that well but of course if you have a mixture then you got a chance but here's the problem as everyone and anyone who actually has ever played or even looked at that ship it's it, internal lines it reminds you kind of either an andromedan or a um Orion, that is, it doesn't have that much internal uh, padding 
and so forth. And of course, and of course, one one of the big issues, you know, obviously it's got the R, which is like, ah, oh, everyone, everyone looks at the R and kind of drools. But of course, the problem with the R, <laughs> well, hey, come on, if you hit with a hundred point EPT plasma, it's going to hurt. But that's a that's a big freaking if. Yeah, because weasels exist, and the thing is, in order to get the hundred points of warhead, you've got to, you've got to just be prepared to strip all of their shields. Right, and of course, what's what's the what's the big issue? What's another big issue with the enveloper? It costs ten points of energy for one turn. Huh? Yeah. So that's it's like a biggin. Oh, that's a biggin. That's a that's a biggin biggin. That's Obviously, it's a little. I think it's a little more than a quarter of the power that's available on the ship just just to fire one weapon. And of course, if you fire it and they while weasel it, okay, there there's a, a that's just it's down the tubes. Um, yeah, three more. That's going to be three. That's going to be three turns. That's so many impulses cloaked yeah. in the tournament these days. Mm-hmm. That's true. And well, at the moment, the only one, only ship that would even possibly you would do it against at the at, at the beginning part of the game would be like the Andromedan, who cannot actually wild weasel. So, no, but he can outrun your sword. right. Oh, agreed. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, I'm just saying that that. That's the only one that would be viable to do that with, unless you really want to scare someone. And cause just like any other plasma, what's, what's one of the things that you do with the plasma? The reason why you launch your plasma is not to hit the other opponent's ship, but as tactical, sorry, mobile terrain, sorry, mobile terrain, with meaning that you are launching it to have your opponent do do go away, you know, turn away from you. Because one, he knows it's real. Control so, the battlefield. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's a deterrent. Right, it's a turn. So your your opponent's either going to do one of two things. They're either going to turn and run away, or they're going to stop. Yay! They stopped. Um and while weasel. In which case you still got you've got speed on them at that point. So so the, the, the you know that's 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 what you use for plasma for. Now of course there one of the big issues with the with the TKE, you know, Terminal Kig Eagle is that it's only got three torps. Two Fs and one R compared mm-hmm. to the other plasma torpedo ships, which have two S's and two Fs. You know, I'm, I'm talking about the, the normal ones. I'm, I'm, I'm excluding ISC from this equation at the moment. That that's a special ship because um, it has that PBD. But you know, which of course that means that. Those ships, the ones with the, the two S's and two F's, have greater flexibility. 
you know, they had the ability, those ships actually have the ability to have a, a, lo a relatively large torpedo, in this case, a 30-point torpedo, um, launching. It doesn't have to be every three turns. So it can be every almost every two turns. You know, as as you you roll them from one to the other, you know there is there's going to be a time when you can't you won't have either either asses, yes, but um, you'll have next turn you'll have another s. So there's always going to be a deterrent because a thirty point torpedo can knock down a shield. Versus, you know, let me ask a couple questions. Go ahead. Uh, the first question is, um, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, well, one of the one of the issues that I have with, oh, I remember the question now. Um, did they put in, or did they just talk about putting in a um, a rule about how much you can cloak? My. My understanding is is that um, the uh, according to the latest edition of Module T, you can you have a total of 128 impulses under cloak. After which point the cloaking device fails and cannot be repaired. Okay. I think so, yeah, there's another there's another I rule thought. that says that if both both tournament ships have a cloaking device that the two ships together can't remain cloaked on the board at the same time for more than 32 impulses i think oh wow but this is from this is from memory so i'd have to go digging to make certain yeah i, I would but i'm uh, pretty sure i'm pretty sure the 128 impulse limit is is um is in the book okay well, the reason I was wondering about that is because one of the issues that I see with this is that the tournament itself was kind of built around what the battle cruisers or the, the heavy cruisers, I right? Say. And it's kind of an oddball ship that they had to change and beef up a bit and do extra special funky stuff with. Mm -hmm. So, you know. I, no, I, I agree think with that you. It's just one of those kind of, kind of. It's like you shoehorn something in, and then you it you wonder why doesn't it work as well as everything else? Well, everything else is kind of originally the thing that this was coming in for, the tournament setup. And if yep. you have those limitations on cloaking, that's going to hurt it a lot because, you know outside of a tournament that particular class of ship you really have to cloak a lot and take multiple shots at your opponent unless you can anchor them and get that really good kill in um part of the reason i think they no, limit think the cloaking one... device the, the way they do is the fact that short of the plus two shift uh if you've got an active undestroyed weasel on the board uh you'd don't get to do anything with electronic warfare and because of that there's very few ways you can actually improve your chances to maintain regain 
or maintain or regain a lock-on after somebody cloaks. I think it was just a, a simplification of the system. Now, this brings up another issue, and that is, is that the original, um, is that the Romulan's in a very interesting position. Of all the empires the tournament represents, they're the only one that gets three bites at the apple. You've got the King Ingle, you've got the, uh, you, you've got the, uh, the, the, the Klingon Hall, and you've got the Firehawk, even if the Firehawk is or isn't in, in the current mix-up. It's there historically, if nothing else. True. Oh, just a, mm -hmm. one quick thing on the cloaking. Well, um, Chris Nuzzi posted um, what the rule is, and it's only for close. Okay, cloak versus cloak, as in two ships. That okay. Have both of them. In no battles which both ships have cloaking devices, no ship can remain cloaked for more than 120 in impulses. Total okay. for the entire battle. That's only for cloak v cloak. I, I knew there was I knew there was some rules for that. I wasn't entirely sure that's the way that was, but yeah. I, I thought, remember reading that at one point. Yeah, I, I thought that was, that was, that was the case, but you know, I wasn't one hundred percent sure. So I wasn't about to, to disagree with you when I, I didn't know the rule by heart because <laughs> it because it's been many years since I've I've read the tournament rule book. On, on 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 said fact um yeah i i, I agree that the king eagle was kind of shoehorned into the tournament the idea is to give it allow you the uh, you know that that third option for the romulans and i understand the romulans probably don't even need it um but it's also the only way to get an r torp in the torp in the tournament that is true i, I can't imagine a gorn ship having an r torp that would be. Well, I mean, that's why they call it an R torp. It's the Romulan torpedo versus the Gorn torpedo, which is why one's an R and one's a G. I, I know, I know, I, I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> if you go back, and then to... the F, the F I'm torpedoes for the freezer box. You stick the thing in once you get done loading it. Right, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about back to, to the original rule book. Yeah, which was an interesting Starfleet Battles back then was definitely a different beast, you know. Yep. But getting back to it, um, the because the question in the case of the Terminal King Eagle, when it comes to the Torp situation, I'm just I'm just going to focus on the Torp situation for the moment, is whether the three Torps can be made to work or does it need a fourth torp you know does it need to be like every other plasma ship in the tournament i'd hope that the answer is no you you can actually you can make three torps work it would be my hope because of it's it's unique you know and i i think it's not especially given i think i i know i, don't know, I was going to say that the King Eagle has has the best um, cloak cost of any of the of the Romulan ships, but I don't pull it up. Take a look at it. Yeah, that's a. That's a... Mm -hmm. well, let, let's not, you know, when we got a reference handy, let's let's look at the reference. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can bring up. 
Okay. Bring it up. Da, 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 come on. Oh, there it is. Okay. Da, 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 da. There it is. Okay. Hopefully I got that right. Um, got it at least up on my screen. There we go. Um, and um, the cloaking cost for it is da -da 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 -da, fifteen. Yeah, I think the in, in the uh, in the in the uh, Orion twenty. The the Firehawk is da -da -da -da, eighteen, and the KR is da -da 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 -da, twenty. Okay, maybe it's twenty-two on the Orion. That I just know if there is a the 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 CR the uh, the, the Orion TCR um, has a cloak. It's the MR that doesn't. Or do I have that backwards? I think I have it backwards. Uh, the BR has a cloak. I think the CA doesn't have a cloak. Okay. And uh, the, the Orion, is the cloaking cost is 12. For the battle raider. Now, of course, that's assumed that you, you don't have your engines doubled. Because I'm pretty sure the, the, the cloak cost doubles if you, yeah. if you double your, your engines. If you do, if you, yeah, if you double anything, the, clo the cloak cost doubles, yeah. So it's got the best cloaking yeah. cloaking cost of of any of of the ships, which is good. And obviously, one of the wonderful things about the Terminal King of Eagle is, of course, the ten points of armor, which is more armor than than the normal King Eagle has. The idea yeah. is to beef up, you know, the structurally internals for it. The other interesting thing about it is, um, I think the hidden, the, the if you play it right, I think the hidden strength in that, unless they, I'd have to go digging, I'd have to go digging, but isn't there, isn't there a weird interaction with armor and an armor belt and continuous damage repair? That you can, you can continue, you can use one of your repairs to repair the armor belt. And you can keep repairing boxes as long as they're in the same group. Um, no, if I call correctly, the armor is one of those things that cannot be repaired by CDR. Uh, am I thinking hull? Okay, I'm think. I guess I'm thinking hull. There was one. There was one situation where you could, for the cost of one repair. You could repair a whole bunch of a whole bunch of boxes on your SSD. And I thought it was armor. It must be hull. Yeah, um, and it might not be in the tournament that way, though. Right, right. Um, yeah, but there's not there's no special rules for when it comes to re repair itself. You know, you can you can repair anything using CDR that is is available to repair. There's nothing that you can't repair. Usually, the only thing the only reason you don't repair certain um, systems is because they're too darn expensive to repair those systems. Um, but yeah, I, I know you can repair hull because I've, I've done that myself with the, with the Andromeda because, of course, that ended up leak points and, and protect yep. get, getting those internals. And if I recall correctly, the hull takes two points of um, repair 
to repair hull. Yeah, I'm not where I can pull it up at the moment, but um, the... there's just there's just a little tickle in the back of my mind that there there was one trick system that it didn't count against it, 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 as long as the boxes were all together. Right. I think you're thinking about the Andromedan and degradation. I'll have to go looking for that when I can stop and pull up the, the MBR, because then again, there have been a few adjustments to rules since I was first playing back in the early days of Captain's Edition. Oh, understood. Understood. Now, of course, well, what are the, the, the biggest issues with the King Eagle? Obviously, you've got the, the, the problem is you have three torps versus four torps. The other one, of course, is the turn mode. Um, another one, in my mind anyway, is inter internals, though, looking, looking at it doesn't look that as bad as I had expected because of, of course, you have the armor. And the armor makes up for certain things. And actually, the armor is kind of unique in in just not just the tournament, but but in play in general. Um, and that is that after after you, it's one of those systems that even though you got a shield down, it still won't do quote unquote internals. You know, i.e., you know, on like weapons hits and, and things like that. You still have to get through the armor before you actually can can start rolling for damage. Now, you know, uh, when it comes to Hellbores, you know, that it's the Hellbore can still damage the armor, but you know, the, in that case, the reason why you, if you have a shield down in the case of a Hellbore, then you have you know issues where most of the damage get hit on that come through that one shield so um that 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 being the case you know if we included the, the 10 armor into the hull then it would have 16 hull which is not bad at all when it comes to hull because let me let me do one quick check here for let's just count the whole for let's say the firehawk the firehawk as one two three four five six seven eight that's eight rear hull and three forward hull so overall the king eagle actually has more hull than than the the tournament now of course i think it's possible that part of the issue might be just the weapons involved. Um, that is, it has you know it has those three torps as the two Fs and one R, and it has the four Phaser ones, and then it has the six Phaser threes. The six Phaser threes have kind of weird arcs, and but the but that, that's understandable. Um, you've got. Four of them, which are basically rear arc. The whole idea of that is just drone defense. You yeah. Know? And then you have 
the two, which is one right side, one left side, which is okay. Um, when it comes to a number of phasers, you know, that it's around this, if I recall correctly, that's around the same as the um, Zinni. But of course, the Zinni has a lot more phaser threes than, than the King Eagle. They, what do they have? What eight, eight threes? Yeah. So that's just two more. So you've got a phaser cap of what seven, four, four, four ones, and and four ones and six threes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at that point, you've got a reasonably sized phaser capacitor with, with only four secondaries on the offensive side. You've got a lot of. Um, chasing your tailpipe drone defense. Um, but short of bolting your torps or getting lucky with, uh, with the R, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't show the same threat as the Firehawk who has one more phaser one if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Or the phase or the second or the phaser secondaries available on the KR. Because I think the KR has even more phasers than the Firehawk, even if most of them are Phaser 2s in the secondary hall. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it shouldn't have Phaser 2s. The Phaser 2s get, for the KR gets converted to Phaser 3s. Okay, so it's got what? The the KR the KR has what? Five Phaser 1s and a whole bunch of 3s? Mm-hmm. Okay. It has six, six Phaser 3s and five Phaser 1s. Okay, so so if you want to look at it that way, between the Firehawk and the KR, you've got an extra heavy weapon, an extra heavy weapon box on the SSD, an extra heavy extra offensive phaser. Um, Yeah, it just it just does seem like it's a little on the light side. Mm-hmm. And it it's all about the fact that the, the the King Eagle is one of those weird in between designs. It's not a cruiser. It's not a destroyer. It's not even a light cruiser. It's yep. something entirely different. Agreed. Agreed. And and yes, it has some one of the things that is unique to it is the T bomb. You know, which replaces a nuclear space mine. Which actually brings up something which I've, I've always thought and I would, I would love, I would totally love to see experimented upon. Which is take, okay, because of, you know, just make sure, you know, have it so that, the, okay, let me just go forward and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll do the caveats. Which is, Swap out the, the T bomb, which can only can only be rolled out. It can't be transported, which is I think sucks. Um, give it, give it its old nuclear space mine. Give it back to it. You want to talk about really scaring people? That's one way to do it. And yeah, and, and in that case, put it with, with the caveat. That it can't be hidden, because that then then becomes just freaking ridiculous. 
Because I think having a hidden mine in the tournament would just be insane. I remember, uh, I remember the, the that uh, that option was discussed in a captain's log years and years ago, and the the the, the torches and pitchforks crowd was uh, not thrilled with the concept of of having to um, having to play against a, a a cloaked king eagle where you know where he is, you know his hex trail, but you've got to keep up with where his hex trail is because he could roll that thing out without telling without 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 anybody knowing anything until he says, well, you just, you just rolled into hex 1707 uh, and a nuclear space mine is in 1706 and boom. There goes your shield. Yeah. And then some, because yeah. there's, there's uh, short of, short of the Andromedan, there's, um, th there's, there's nobody in the, uh, in the tournament that can bounce an NSM. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Which brings up, Okay, if okay, okay, and and so as I said, you know, okay, bring it back to NSM and don't have it so it's, have it so it's not hidden. But you know, obviously, it would definitely people would approach attacking the King Eagle with a lot more caution. They're not gonna, they're not if the Dromlin King Eagle gets cloaked, and you try to chase it, having that nuclear space mine. That it could just roll out, and then after it's one, you know, two hexes distant, it could, it activates. Then you you know then you're gonna you're gonna be a little more cautious about how you approach it, or you know have it so that the um, the T bomb actually can be hidden. Because come on, it's a T-bomb. It's 10 points of damage. It's not going to drop your shield. Now, if you have a down shield to begin with, then you're going to be you're going to be a little more cautious about following them then. Which I think tactically makes a big difference. Because if people are more hesitant to attack King Eagle, while, well, you know, in that situation or, you know, chase the King Eagle, whether it's cloaked or not cloaked, then, you know, you're going to give it a little more room. Now, obviously there's, there's the big issue, which is, um, even if it has, you know, even if you're allowed to do that, the, the one thing that I can, I can easily see, you know, happening, which is, okay, it uses it. Okay. After it uses it, it's out there. And, no longer has the king eel no longer has that deterrent you know it's like the it's like the, the pseudo plasma torpedoes once he, once once gone they're gone yep it does remind me of another an, a, another a romulan tactic that was all the fashion for a while you you uh, first impulse of decloaking first impulse after you turn the cloak off you pop a weasel right when you're fully when you're fully visible, you do an alpha launch on your plasma because that happens in the order of sequence above shuttle operations, and then you pop a second weasel before you start cloaking again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's, oh, that's that's that you can do that. Of course, the thing is, you just used two of the four wild weasels that you have. Yeah. So you can't do that too too often. 
In that case, your your opponent to counteract that, they just have to use one wild weasel and they're done. Especially if, if you're going to be cloaked. You know? It's one of those weird things that, uh, that, that articles got written about years ago. And it's one of those fashionable things to do. It's like, it's like okay, well, I'm going to start coming out of cloak. You, you've got a lock on, but you've got to add four hexes of range and the plus two shift. It's just one of the very oddities of the of the last remnants of electronic warfare that was in the tournament. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, actually, remember to use the wild weasel in, in either one of those instances. You have to be moving speed four or less. Which, if you're fighting a heavy plasma race and you've just finished loading all of your torpedoes, you probably already are if you paid for cloaking to begin with. Oh, agreed, agreed. But the, 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 the big point there is that you have to be going slow, which means you're not going to be very maneuverable versus you're, you're forced to be that slow versus you can... Coming out of cloak, you can be faster, let's say, let's say speed 15, and then delay the a, a, a decrease in speed later on so you have the power for the plasmas that you're going to be launching. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that, that being the case there. Um, so, you know, with the King Eagle, obviously the one thing that you can possibly do um is swap out those phaser the two phaser threes on because I don't think changing the, the rear phaser threes to anything really will do anything. Um and I, I think looking more on it, I think when it comes to the number of internals, it's it's got enough internals. And I don't think obviously one thing would be really nice if you could change the turn mode, but I don't think that's that's possible because it's just it is what it is in that case because of it is an, an old, you know, Raman, an old ship. Um, and so that's that was the way that it was. It was a very, uh, not very maneuverable ship. So that that's not going to yep. change. So the two, only two things I can, I can think of to make it more of a threat is to actually to upgrade the you know the two phaser threes they're on left side right side the phaser ones and since they're left side right side unless you got someone's center line you're only going to be firing fire phaser ones anyway you know so to me it's not going to be a a really big um help i mean i mean i mean i don't think I, meaning i don't think it would be um, overly um, damaging, you know. Uh, uh, it would it would not wreck the balance of the ship. Unlike adding two phaser ones to the Seltorian. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. Yeah, well. Trust me, hey, the, uh, if, if, if they want to put that, give the, the, the Salatorian two-phase ones back, I'm uh, I'm up for it. Uh, I'm about to say, yeah, it's, that, sounds, that sounds more like wishful thinking on your part. 
Oh, I know it's wishful thinking at this point because after that happened that one time, Steve Petrick will never ever let that happen again. Because <laughs> I I still remember I, I was I was there when he made that decision. When they said, "Oh, the Satori needs the two phase ones," and he he went with the crowd who said, "Yeah, we need two phase ones." So he added it without testing it. As as the it's not a playtest ship, as the blessed ship for tournaments. And I remember <laughs> fighting against the 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 ten phaser Satorian in the in the Andromedan back in the day when the Andromedan was a lot more powerful than it is today. And it got killed. Because of because of those phasers, you know. Yep. <laughs> because it, you know, forget, forget the forget the particle cannons. Use the phasers and use it as a fast cruiser. Oh yeah. yeah. Which is always an, an interesting idea, with with the Saltorian, make it into a a, a fast cruiser. Remove two of the particle cannons and and replace two of the particle cannons with two phasers. You know, it'd be it would be interesting to see how that how that would work out. Because the thing is, the as I said, the the original change was just to add two phaser ones, not not swap out two particle cannons for two phaser ones, but just um. Add, <laughs> because the biggest the biggest issue there with, with doing doing that is that you still had the part particle cannons, but the you could it, it cost you a big whopping six points of energy to have enough energy for the for the first battle pass to have overloaded particle cannons, and after the first battle pass after you got that first punch, you don't charge them anymore. And, yep. just, and then focus on the phasers. So, but that makes that 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 first punch that you know easy can be an additional eight points of damage for that first punch. And then of course you you now you still have lots of energy and you can and since it doesn't require any energy to hold the um the the the, the weapon. And more to the point, you no longer have to charge the, the weapon, in this case, the particle cannons. You're, you're much better off, which is another reason why they probably would never agree to having a, um, converting the Saltorian to a, a fast cruiser where you only had two particle cannons. But I, I'll, I'll admit that that would be interesting. That, I think that would be interesting to play test to see how, how well that would actually work. I probably want to play it against plasma. Cause definitely I can see the, the additional phasers being an excellent um, thing against drones. Oh yeah. More phasers that always chew up the drones. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But anyway, um, yeah. And I, 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 I think adding, you know, 
you know, make the make the T-bomb hidden, I think would be a great idea. And, and as I said, I don't I don't think the a hidden T-bomb, which is only 10 points of, of, of you know, damage, would be, you know, I think, unviable, you know, to, to, to make the King Eagle too strong. I don't think so. Because the biggest issue with mines as it stands, because of your laying it, you can't even, you can't even transport it. You've got to drop it out the hatch. And that's the only way you can use, can use the T-bomb because it's a replacement for the NSM. And not only do you have to drop it out the hatch, you have to leave its effective zone before it arms. Exactly. Which is why I think having the T-bomb hidden would be a good thing. It definitely would, would, as I said, it would, at least until the T-bomb was actually used up, would definitely make the people who are fighting against the King Eagle more cautious about where they're going. So I, I think I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting. The, the, I think it'd definitely it'd be in my mind it'd be definitely worth playtesting to see how how it all worked out with the with those two changes. That would be interesting because you know personally I I'd like to have um, the NSM back with with well, with with the, with the caveat. Come to think of it come to think of it, when they first brought the, the tournament King Eagle in, you didn't have ten boxes of armor. It no, only it had five. That's correct. And it had the NSM originally. I think the extra five boxes of armor was kind of a to soften the blow of dropping the uh, NSM to a T-bomb. Uh, no, I don't think that, no. I'm pretty sure that was not the case. I think they, they dropped the, the NSM to a T-bomb before they added the additional five armor. Okay. Now, now this is, it's been a while. Um, I, the question is, do I have module 2000 and the, and the terminal um, module before that? Because what was it? It was in the nineties when they first published the module T. Yeah, the original module T. I think it was, I think the first one is uh, 95 or 94. And it was, uh, it was a uh, staple in the, it was a staple in the center um, booklet rather than the uh, perfect bound stuff that mm -hmm. captain's log usually was because it wasn't so many pages. Right, right. Yeah, that's before the, they added like, um, tactics articles and different and, and the different, um, all you know, different games, and yeah. different scenarios you could, you could play, you know, as part of it. Okay, Chris Newsy is stating that there is no NSM in the ninety-three KE SSD and only five armor, so it never had the NSM. Probably because it scared the crap out of people. But, uh, but uh, well, the thing is, is that the king, the king eagle about the about the only weapon it has, 
uh, is intimidation because people see that 50-point warhead drop on the map or that 35-point NSM. I'm not talking the tournament. I'm talking standard Starfleet battles. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that that intimidation factor definitely changes how people approach the ship outside the tournament. Oh, yeah. And I think they were trying to bring some of that flavor into the tournament without bringing in all of the other aspects of, of a long Romulan uh, cloak hunt. Mm -hmm. is it, it's the I thing mean, is if you've got an adequately competent Romulan uh, um, piloting going up and down for cloaked you've got a long sub hunt scenario ahead of you yeah yeah but the, but and that's why when we had the issue of non-engagement and you know and we had that rule added because of people because you get these people, I still remember this. That you get these people who would do really well, like the first battle pass. They'd be they'd be really far ahead. And then uh, they drag their well, heels and delay, delay, Chris, delay to try to run the time out. Right, exactly. Try to run the clock out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 basically star castle and. And do play, do a very very defensive game after that. And it's like no 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 no, and that's why they came up with the rules on on non engagement. You know, yeah. they said no, you can't do this, and the, we'll actually will give you a warning after the first turn. Now, you know, I know some some players complain about it. like well, it's a valid tactic. Yeah, it's a valid tactic. But at the same time, um, if you're not, if you're not, if you're planning on playing to play a defensive game after you got ahead, you know that you. The thing is, the way I always looked at it was like this: is that you are correct. It is a valid tactic. You're ahead on points. You're going to defend your lead in a way that you think is tactically appropriate. However, at the other side of the equation, what you're really doing is, is that you're. You're, you're strangling the entertainment value for the people who might be watching and the person on the other side of the, of, of the, uh, of, of the table who is looking at the way you're handling things and going, you're, you're denying me an opportunity to, to, to get to, to, to make a comeback. And, and the thing is, part of the thing is, is that with any type of war game, if you turn around and you uh, beat up on, on the new on the new people and do things like this, they're not going to hang around because and, mm -hmm. playing a, a round of Starfleet battles is a significant investment of time. Yep. And if you make it unfun, people will do something else. Exactly. Exactly. And that and that's that was the issue. It meant, it made it a very boring game. And and to to be honest, I'm sorry if you're really ahead after the first battle pass. You know, and you're not giving the, your opponent the opportunity to come back. What's the point of playing anymore? You know, it's 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 as I said, it's not fun at all. I mean, um, and Chris, I Nusi, can, I, I can go ahead. All I was going to mention is Chris Newsy wrote something which I don't think is viable whatsoever, and even um, that's not. I think that's even the case with with the with. The Federation Commander tournament, it wasn't quite 
and that's why I came up with certain specialized rules when we try to do the online edition. And, and Chris was saying that basically that he thinks there shouldn't be any tournament ships, any, any tweaks that's for the tournament ships, and they should use the real, the real ships. Now, in theory, you could do that. What What's the one thing that you'd have to do? Something which would be a pain, which is get rid of the... If you use real ships, you've got to get rid of the tournament batter, barrier. There's no longer... Okay, this is a fixed board. This board is floating. So it changes that aspect of the game completely. Now, of course, the, yeah. the, the biggest issue there then becomes of the issue of time. That's one of the reasons why you play in the fishbowl is that you need to have it so that it's not going to take you six hours to play one game. And so playing the flying in the fishbowl, it, it forces you to engage your opponent because there's only so far you can run away from your opponent. That's versus, right. Versus a floating map where you can... Your opponent can be chasing you, and you just keep on running. Now you got if yeah if 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 you're fly if you're on a floating map and you've got and you're ahead of him and he doesn't have the ability to overtake you, there's no point in charging your weapons. Just run, just run the run the warp engines to the red line and zoom on out. You got to have a reason to stay in a box. Chris, the only reason people play real SFB on a fixed map is because there is something to to force you to be on that fixed map. Usually is a point of defense. Something to defend, yeah. Yep, point something to defend. Something to keep you in the box. Right. If you're if it's a fleet battle, you're not playing on a fixed map on a fixed map unless it's a scenario rules stated, in which case what happens when you leave that the map? Then it's considered disengagement that point and that's usually because it's a fixed point in space because of that what the scenario says about that fixed point in space you know so that's one thing that i don't think will ever ever occur and that and that's why we have it so that the tournament ships actually are have been tweaked that's because of we're, we're fighting the fishbowl so there's certain changes certain other changes in the rules that are used or changes in the ships themselves to make it so it's viable a viable ship in that environment <laughs> and then what chris says <clears throat> that he never uses a fixed map so, so obviously Chris, you, you you play a lot of fleet battles, which has floating maps, which I, I I when it comes to combat in space makes perfect sense, except for in the, in the case where you know as we pointed out, you're you're defending a fixed point, which like a planet and so forth. <clears throat> That's usually your fixed point is a planet or a base, you know, something something that cannot move. But anyway, so, you know, um, because when it comes to kind of getting back to King Eagle, the King Eagle, the, the cloak cost is not that bad. It's 15. You know, 
the obviously the difficult the, the difficulty part which is there's just purely tactical is the the three plasma issue which i don't personally i don't think um you can solve it, that's going to be a, a tactical problem that needs to be solved and it's a tactical problem that can't be solved by changing the ship well in theory you can change the ship and, and solve it just replace the r with two s's you know and that that solves the problem but then it no longer is a king eagle at that point you know and even if you were to uh, jump the f's up to to g's that changes the dynamic in other ways um there's there's not a whole lot you really can do with the king eagle design before you before you, you change it away from what the king eagle is to begin with and it all comes back to the fact that the king eagle was originally a, an odd in-betweener design that was built around it for lack of a better way of putting it it was it was wrapping a ship around a weapon system right and there's there's no other there's there's no other tournament option that has that flavor of that vessel's only reason for being is is to get that weapon system that one singular weapon system to market yeah true and if you really think about it when it comes to the design of the king eagle when it comes to the history of the romulans originally the king eagle was the warbird yep that's where it started the warbird is it, the, only, the only thing that moved, moved at warp speed was the weapon itself the warbird was an was a sub light ship with a, a massive weapon that and the only reason uh, so it makes things more difficult to fight, you know. This is especially this is especially poignant to consider when you turn around and you look at what the old sublight game rules used to sh used to show what combat might have been. Um, if you go on the website and you go looking at player resources, the old sublight rules are posted for you to download and take a look at. Now this is pre Commander's edition, um, but the original sublight rules if you if you take the if you take the warbird and you plug it into that sublight system it changes so much that that ship becomes almost an unbeatable monster inside that fishbowl inside right. that 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 environment but if you take that warbird and you put it on a tactical map with a with a with a empire with warp technology it's meat on the table it's hard to compete. It all comes back to the fact that the that the the Romulans didn't get warp tech, uh, tactical warp technology until very late in the game, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Agreed. In which case, you know, before then, you know, before it actually got um, tactical warp power. I mean, when if their opponents had tactical warp that means that their ships became a defense a purely defensive ship because of their yep. weapons could match the speed 
of the enemy ships. It's just that you can't didn't have much maneuverability compared to their ships. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just bringing up bringing it up, which is interesting because the interesting part about about this is that they actually they have um, SSDs. Like a Federation sublight heavy cruiser, which is interesting. It's got four missiles, two batteries. It's got eight labs. It's got six lasers. Remember, lasers, not phasers, lasers. Um, which is a, it's a hit or miss weapon, which is sharks not included. Yep. Original design for the SAB. And, and if you look at the if you look at the old the old way of doing things, the uh, in the sublight game, um, missiles, the, the drones of the day, are one a lot scarier and a lot more survivable, because lasers are almost never uh, a surefire option. Right, right. That's very true. Yeah, because and even at range one, you've got a one in five to, to hit. Yeah. And how much? Okay. Tactical atomic missiles have a speed of twelve. They move two hexes per impulse. Because uh, in the sublight game, you only have six impulses. Right. Um, and they have endurance of three turns. They are seeking weapons for all their targets. Atomic missiles do four points of damage if they hit. And uh, they're destroyed by the the flight. Atomic missile in flight are destroyed by one point of damage. and can also be destroyed by another missile. So each um, ship carries eight reload missiles for each rack, which can be re reloaded onto any rack. One or two missiles can be reloaded onto any rack during one turn, but the rack cannot be fired during the turn it's being reloaded. Yeah. So, and the thing is, there's no defensive. There's no defensive laser. A laser is a laser is a laser. So you have to forego shooting that laser at the other guy that turn in order to uh, possibly shoot down that missile coming at you. It's. I mean, it's. It's. It gives an answer to why the the Zenti were were so potent er, in earlier years because the um, the missile technology they developed that became drones was just a huge force projection for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed, agreed. Wow, this, oh, this from the Commander's Rulebook, Volume 1, 1983. Yeah. Wow, holy cow, this is old. <laughs> Let me look at that. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm getting the Raman Sublight Snipe S frigate, which has six impulse, two lasers, and two missiles, and three armor, and like three hull, one shuttle, one APR, and three batteries, and one bridge. 
Yeah, those those old those old ships were probably the uh, easiest to end up becoming uncontrolled. As you, with only one command space, you uh, you don't have to go too you don't have to drill too deep into the into the deck to hit it and knock it out. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that ship, man, if you all you need is roll a two, boom, that's it. And actually, let me look at something. Yeah, you pretty much. Oh, freaking hell! You pretty much just yeah. The only thing I'm noticing about these ships. Um, they don't have shields. Nope. Wow, you want to talk about a challenge? Ho 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 ho. That's why the uh, that's why that's why the original the, the, the original um, sombrero class Federation heavy cruiser. Um, I say sombrero class. I mean the the traditional saucer and booms. Um. Your saucer and nacelles shape was so was so earth changing in that in in that uh, in that era was is that it got five box shields. It was the first ship to have five box shields all the way around. Wow. And that's a game changer when all you do when all you do is have lasers popping back and forth at each other. Right. Right. Yep, you're right. I'm just looking at the, I'm looking at the sublight heavy cruiser. It has five box shields. Dang, God, man. So, do you want to try to put the uh, skull sweat together to come up with an early years tournament? Yeah, that. <laughs> can you can you imagine a, a, a YTCA, a Federation YTCA? Yeah. No. I, I, I can hear the groaning from Amarillo right now. <laughs> oh, agreed. Agreed. Wow. Yeah, say one see the one thing about about the, the sublights is just that it's it's an interesting take. You know, because the whole idea before we had all Yeah. Uh, Chris, Andy Palmer is another person who loved, 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 loved the early years. He loved the, the idea. One thing he loved about the early years is the whole idea of that you would, um, that, you know, Speed 8 drones, actually, you you had to fear them because of the Zinni could, could either walk or chew gum, but they couldn't do the same at, at both time. Um, and, with a great, with the best, with a good, you know, we got the timing right. You, the the, the Zinnia was a, a formidable opponent, you know, with with speed eight drones, which was crazy. Yeah, the old Zinnia anchor. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, you actually spoken to Andy. Yeah, the wow, Zinnia anchor was feared. Because awesome. I haven't spoken to the Andy in years. I know the last time I I heard from him, he was still living. I think in Columbia, in Maryland. Columbia, Maryland. Um, but this was this was many, many years ago when I was still running um, tournaments down in Balticon, which was I enjoyed doing Balticon. 
is that uh, the thing with the Balticon is that it actually it's a sci-fi convention, which happened to have a room for for people to play games. So I was there for. Reminds me of RockCon back in the day. Yeah, I I went for many many years. I went I went to one Balticon and there was at one point there was nobody showed up, you know, and I I kept coming. I think maybe for one more year and that was it and I, I gave up at that point and I stopped coming stopped going wow never never thought about that um, Chris was just mentioning the SFU history is interesting because of the drone tech lag behind the engine tech oh. that, that, that is that's definitely an interesting thought It's one of the odd dichotomies. You've got you've got the Gorn and the Romulan that have speed thirty two weapons when everybody else's seeking weapons were down at speed eight. Right. And then by the time you got to the point where you, you hit the start of the general war, uh, most uh, most of the empires have a battle speed twenty or twenty four cruisers and speed twenty drones are commonplace, but speed thirty two are not. Right, right. That didn't come until like what was it? it came common like Y one eighty four. Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyhow, I think with that we we will wrap it up for this evening. Did not mean to get into the discussion of of light speed. Ships, sorry, sublight ships, which are definitely interesting thing. Definitely, I, I don't think anyone, if, if you ever would put them up, and people, I don't think would really recognize them. They they recognize that. Oh, yeah, that kind of looks like an, a SFB ship, you know, a, a Star Trek ship, but yeah, it doesn't quite match. What 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 you you, you know what they look like. So, anyhow, Jeff, it's been awesome talking to you. You have a good night. I'll do that. Be safe, everybody. You too. Doug, you still there? Okay, I don't hear you. I might have have lost Doug along the way. I will just, at this moment, just... Mute that because I, I think Doug. I think I lost Doug somewhere. Um, and if he texts me, I I won't even see it. But anyhow, with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.